actually use you and persecute you. Please be seated. This is Bible Investigation, the class where you ask the questions and the Bible gives you the answers. We say that Monday through Saturday night at 9 o'clock. Tonight we have a very interesting question. It's a question that was actually brought to me by way of a share. Someone had shared it, and this young man's mother has been watching our classes via a share, and she suggested to her son to email me this question. Here's the question. I'm a freshman in college in Tennessee, and I have a problem. My assigned roommate was a paid protester this past summer in Atlanta. We are vastly different people. What should I do? Put yourself in the shoes of the mom and the dad of this young man. How would you feel? If your child is going for the first time to college and his or her roommate was a paid protester this past summer. Now, I know what the easy answer is. The easy answer is, well, just ask for a new roommate. Okay? Case closed. Next question. But there's a problem. The easy answer has a problem. First off, there's feared retaliation. This roommate has about 12 inches and 100 pounds on this Christian young man. And he told me about six weeks ago that he feared that if he asked for a new roommate, he might have some retaliation against him. That's a concern. Plus, the easy answer causes this Christian to miss out on an opportunity. You see, we must see all people as potential converts. We must see all people as needing a Savior. We must see all people as folks that we could reach. Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That mission is now on our shoulders. So if, if this young man just goes the easy route, he, he has missed an opportunity. What do we do? What do we do with difficult people like this? Now, my advice that I gave this young man is going to come 
at the end of this sermon. But first, I need to acknowledge a fact. Here's a fact. Some of you have already tuned me out. And I get it. You say, this doesn't apply to me. I'll never have a roommate like that. I'll probably never have a neighbor like that. Uh, this lesson doesn't apply to me. If that is your thinking, friend, you're wrong. You are definitely wrong. Because why? Because we all have difficult people in our lives. We all have difficult people in our lives. It could be that co-worker that you really can't stand. It could be that neighbor that's always giving you problems. It could be that boss that's just really overbearing. Or maybe it's a teacher that's unfair. Or a so-called friend a family member could be your difficult person you have in your life, and, and they're so irritating. They're, they're annoying. They're somewhat, they're, sometimes they're just downright evil to you. In fact, we can even have difficult church members. Or, or you might be that difficult person in someone's life. As I've said, as I said uh, before, Regarding heaven, to dwell above with the saints we love, that will be glory. But to live below with the saints we know, well, that's a, a different story. That's a different story. Sometimes it's kind of a little bit hard, is it not? Instead of living by the power of the Spirit, we often spiral down to live by the energy of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Notice what's in the yellow. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I wanted you to notice what's in the yellow, in the gold. Those all deal with relationships. Those works of the flesh all deal with how we get along with other people. So how do we deal with difficult people? And more importantly, how do we lead difficult people to Jesus? Step one, we've got to check our attitude. We've got to check our attitude. In the passage that Billy shared, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, 
What reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We need to shoot for a better quality. We need to work on our attitude. First Peter chapter 2. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see what your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Now turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at seven keys here to dealing with difficult people. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's look at those seven keys that Paul just mentioned. Key number one, speak well of them. Speak well of them. Accent their positives, however limited they may be. Speak well of them. 1 Peter chapter 3, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may attain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and, and see good, de or good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. I think the toughest time to tame the tongue is in the face of difficult people. Because what do you want to do? You want to strike back. What do you want to do with that difficult person? You want to make him pay. We have a song that we sometimes sing. Notice the words. Angry words. Oh, let them never from my tongue unbridled slip. May the heart's best impulse ever check them ere they soil the lip. 
Love is much too pure and holy. A friendship is too sacred for. For a moment's reckless folly, thus to desolate and mar. Let our words be sweetly spoken. Let kind thoughts by, be greatly stirred. Show our love to one another with an abundance with an abundance of kind words. Have you ever said something that a minute later you wish you hadn't said? Let's remember this. What you say, good or bad, will eventually get back to them. Whatever you say, good or bad, will eventually get back to them. Number two. Identify with their circumstances. You know, it's easy to celebrate their losses and bemoan their gains. That's what the devil wants us to do. But try to identify with them. Try to understand. Other words, walk a mile in their shoes. Remember the story of the lion, the mouse, and the thorn? And, and everybody thought the, the lion was so gruff and mean, but it was because he had a thorn in his paw. Proverbs chapter 24. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your hearts be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased, and turn away his anger from him. Also in 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Number three, apply the same standard you use for yourself. Look at verse 16. Apply the same standard you use for yourself. Stop analyzing difficult people trying to to create ammunition to use against them. Stop doing that. Apply the same standard you use for yourself to them. Number four, don't think yourself better, but be willing to work with others. You know, when you have difficult people in your life, it's easy to start thinking, well, I'm better than them. You know, I'm better than that person. And, and what are you doing? You're elevating yourself in your mind. Number five, never pay back evil for evil to anyone, ever. As I said already, when you have difficult people in your life, it's easy for you to try to tear them down. It's easy for you to, uh, to uh, pay back what they've done against you and, and pay back a little bit more. Make it hurt. But if you do that, you'll never win them to Christ. If you do that, there's no chance in the world that you'll ever win them to Christ. Remember what Paul said? Go back to verse number 20. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. 
He will feel the pressure of your good deeds that you're doing on his heart. Number six, live in peace by all means, if at all possible. Verse 18, as far as it's possible with you, you do the right thing. You do the right thing. To this college student, I said, now, this guy was doing the wrong thing this past summer. Uh, now, he mentioned that um, he had some uh, equipment. He had a TV and a, and a stereo that he had looted in Atlanta, and he was now using it. I said, that guy was wrong. He was robbing. He was stealing. He was wrong. But you don't, you don't fall into his level. You don't drop down to his level. You maintain your Christian level. Live in peace by all means, if at all possible. Number seven, never avenge yourself. Never avenge yourself. Verse number 19. Go back to verse 21 of our passage. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Show him the difference that Jesus makes in your life. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For what credit is it when you sin or are beaten for it, you endure. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. I told this young man, you know, you've got, have to, you're going to, you may have to endure some things. Don't you try to avenge yourself. First Peter Chapter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Be ready to take the attacks. Be ready. Remember this. Difficult people are not necessarily your fault. Now, there are some cases that maybe we have motivated, we have escalated, we have caused that person to, uh, to be difficult. But in so many cases, difficult people are not your fault. They have the problem, not you. Remember David and King Saul? King Saul was constantly on the trail trying to track down and kill David, what did David do to deserve it? Nothing. In fact, David always acted as a man of God. 
Even though King Saul was trying to, to kill him, he acted as a man of God. Number two, do not allow difficult people to lead you to bad decisions. Because it's easy to happen that way. They can do something against you and you retaliate or you do something and, and suddenly you are making some bad decisions. Don't allow that to happen. And then number three, do not become a difficult person yourself. Maintain your Christianity. What did Paul say in Philippians chapter 2? So if there is any encouragement in Christ, verse 1, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind. What kind of mind? Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. We talk about living for Jesus 24-7. That's having his mind daily. That's daily living the Christian life. Now, besides all of that, which I shared with this young man, I gave him some practical advice. Number one, most important, you are a Christian. You be a Christian. You act as a Christian. Number two, I said pray daily. In fact, I said I'm going to be praying daily about this situation. Pray daily. Number three, let God be in control. Let God be in control. Now, I talked to this young man again just six days ago. It doesn't look like this Christian is going to convert this roommate. In fact, the roommate has himself asked for a new roommate. He's moved out on his own accord. So the problem for the Christian, even though he missed an opportunity to, to try to convert him, the problem has been solved. God is in control. And this young man is very happy with his new roommate. In fact, he said, I think I'm going to convert him. We've already been studying the Bible together. Isn't that great? Tonight, let me remind you once again what it takes to become a Christian. It takes faith. Do you believe? Are you willing to repent? Are you willing to confess to be baptized? That's what we hope all people will do. People we agree with and people, yes, that are even difficult to get along with. We want them to change. We want them to become a Christian, to have the better life. Those of us who are Christians already, 
Do we need to seek His forgiveness? Do we need to seek His forgiveness? This church here wants to pray with you and for you. James 5, 16. If you have any need to respond tonight, will you please do so? Will we stand and sing for your encouragement? Jesus will be saved. Son of God, I'll grace you all.